Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 36, I do believe this is. Uh, we got a big show for you today. We, uh, Me and Cam missed last week. I, if you listened, it was me and Jake, but me and Cam are back this week to recap week eight of the NFL season. And then, uh, I don't know, are we going to do our picks in this episode? I guess we'll find out. We'll see how it goes. And uh, talk some World Series as well and uh, the NFL trade deadline. So... Shout out to Clint for being back in. You can see him behind Cam's uh, right shoulder, I think that is. Uh, so he, if you're an early listener of the show, he was you know, a huge part of, of the YouTube. And he's back. So shout out to him. And let's get into the rundown of week eight. So I will start us off in Florida, Tampa, Florida, where the Ravens danced on Tom Brady and his divorce by trolling the Buccaneers into thinking they could win this game after the first half. Then Lamar and the Greg Roman offense took the kids from Tom Brady, scoring 24 second-half points to cruise to a 27-22 to win in Amazon prime time. Next, we head overseas, where the final British game would be played this year between the Denver Broncos and the London Jaguars. Russell Wilson and the Broncos had a knee up on the Jaguars and the plane before the game even started, and it showed as they came out scoring early and were able to hold on to win 21-17 to in Wilson's return from his injury. Up to Northern Country, where the Dolphins take on the Lions. The Lions came at the kneecaps early, getting out to a quick 14 to nothing lead before we could even blink. But lucky for the Dolphins, Tyreek and Jalen don't need theirs to run all over the Lions' defense, combining for nearly two. Excuse me, combining for nearly 300 yards. The Lions ran out of steam in the second half, getting shut out and letting the Dolphins come back and take the game 31 to 27. Next, we head to Jerry World, where the offense was on full display for really the first time this year, as the Cowboys put up 49 points with the help of the best running back in the league, Tony Pollard. The Bears finally took look competent again on offense, but it wasn't enough to keep up, and the Cowboys rolled to a 49-29 win to move to 6-2. Now we head to Philly, where the Battle of Pennsylvania happened. The Steelers' secondary couldn't guard A.J. Brown, so he went for three touchdowns in the first half. Kenny Picks threw another, as this game was never even close, and the Eagles remain undefeated with a blowout of the Steelers, 35-13. to Down to the Dome in NOLA, where the Andy Dalton-led Saints took on the Raiders. Derek Carr gave Raiders fans flashbacks of Jamarcus Russell as he was benched for Jared (laughs) Stidham in this one, and Alvin Kamara danced all over the Raiders' defense, going for three total touchdowns in 15... What does that say, Luke? 150. 150 yards just to carry the Saints to a 24-0 shutout win over Vegas. Sorry about that one. No, you're good. That was my fault. Now we had to. You ready? School. 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 Where the Vikings take on Kyler and the Cardinals. The Vikings look to go up another game in the division and were helped out to do that by Kirk and Jettis. 
Kyler was focused on the wrong game at the end as he threw an interception to seal it for Minnesota, and Patrick Peterson gets his revenge in the return of DeAndre Hopkins. And what a return that was. So he put up over 170 yards. Vikings for win, sure. 34-26. to 26. Next, we head to the Meadowlands, where the Jets look to beat the Patriots for the first time in a very long time. Unfortunately, after looking good at the beginning, Zach Wilson channeled his inner Sam Darnold, throwing some bad interceptions and potentially seeing ghosts out there. Mac Jones does just enough to hold on to beat the Jets 22-17. to Now we head to Atlanta, where the Falcons and Panthers had a showdown for first place in the NFC South. How about that? This game was awesome from the start, as Deontay Foreman ran all over the Falcons' Falcons defense, going for 100 yards and three touchdowns. In need of a touchdown late, Marcus Mariota finds his receiver to put the Falcons up by six, and with little time left in regulation, Philip Walker airs it out and connects with Deniston Moore Jr., for a Hail Mary-like touchdown to tie the game. After a mixed extra point, we head to overtime where Eddie Pinheiro once again misses the game-winning kick. And that was all Mr. Koo needed as he hits the game-winning kick and sends the Falcons to first place with a 37-34 to OT win. Now we head down to H-Town where the World Series was being played. Also, the Texans played the Titans. Malik Willis had the easiest debut ever as he only attempted 10 passes, but that's all he needed as Derrick Henry ran 32 times for 218 yards and two touchdowns. Titans win their fifth straight, moving to 5-2, and two, I want to say, 17-10. to 10. Yeah. Next, we head to this, the Pacific Northwest, where the Seahawks took on the Giants in the only matchup that featured two winning teams this week. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the year? Geno Smith continues his MVP season with a late fourth quarter attack where the Seahawks pulled away and hand the Giants just their second loss of the year with a 27-13 victory. Next, we head to Indy where the Washington R-Words took on the Colts in the debut of Sam Texas's back Ellinger. The Colts took the league late in the fourth, but couldn't contain the hind as the big week for Taylor's continue and the Commanders win their third straight, 17-16. to Now we head west where the discombobulated Rams take on the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's new toy, Christian McCaffrey, had himself a game, getting the hat trick, the cycle, the triple crown, the triple double, whatever you want to call it. He threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown receiving. 49ers and Kyle Shanahan continue to own the Rams and Sean McVay during the regular season and cruise to a 34-14 win. Next, we head up to the territory of Bill's Mafia for Sunday night football. Instead of wearing blue and red, Bills fans dressed up in all black for a special occasion, a Week 8 Packers funeral. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs got the graves dug early, connecting multiple times to put the Bills up early. The defensive line gave Rodgers a nightmare on Elm Street, constantly pressuring him and making things tough, and the Bills' offense never really slowed down. But due to a late touchdown drive by the Packers, they were able to cover the 10.5-point spread 
and Bills move to six and one with a twenty-seven to seventeen win. But the Packers covered. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Very, very true. And finally, we head up to Ohio, where the Browns took on the Bengals in a spooky Halloween matchup. In this festive matchup, the black and orange was on full display, as well as Miles Garrett, as he spooked Joe Burrow all night. Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb ran over the Bengals' defense so much that Jacoby Brissett started trolling at the end of the game, trying to get the Bengals to jump off sides. Browns keep their season alive on this Halloween night with a 32-13 to win. And that is what happened in Week 8. Yeah, wow, what a run felt like that one thing to point out that was interesting and you pointed it out already in the rundown was there were some good games this week but you're right the only game that contained two teams with winning records giants and the seahawks and another thing you pointed out who would have expected that at the beginning of the season (laughs) and this just shows how much that you know i love football to death and you know i claim that i know stuff about football but I literally had both the Seahawks and the Giants in my top five picks coming into the next NFL draft. Like, I thought they were both going to be that bad. So, but that's why, you know, Gino didn't write back. So, that's why you play the games. That's why you play the games for sure. So, you want to talk about that game a little bit? I didn't, I didn't watch much of it. I just caught it on red zone, like, whatever. Whatever plays yeah. were shown, but uh, it, it was a really close game in the first half. Like it seemed like it was back and forth, and then just in the fourth quarter, the Seahawks just broke away. Yeah, the Seahawks kind of just uh, got like a stranglehold on the lead, and sometimes you know the Giants, you know, like they have to have everything kind of go their way in terms of the way the football bounces and in terms of breaks, because they're just, they're just not that talented on offense, you know, besides Saquon. Um, And that's kind of what happened today is they had some really bad muffs on special teams. And um, that gave the ball back to the Seahawks a couple of times. And, you know, like I just said, if they don't have, if they don't play pretty much perfect football and by perfect football, I just mean, no bad turnovers. Like you can't have the interceptions from Daniel Jones, which he hasn't really been throwing this year, which is, you know, kudos to him, but they really can't have special teams turnovers. So, um, and they had those and the Seahawks were able to capitalize on them and put a stranglehold on the lead late, like Luke kind of mentioned. And uh, this game could have been a little bit of a bigger blowout if, if you watched it at all. And actually I'm sure, some people saw the highlights on Twitter of um, Tyler Lockett dropped two touchdowns before he actually caught one. Like he was running perfect routes and Geno Smith was throwing some beautiful footballs and Lockett dropped two touchdowns before he ever caught his first one. Um, So this game could have actually been a little bit more lopsided. So, um, but that's just, you know, the giants play this kind of brand of football of kind of gross but at the very end, they like to make plays when it matters, and they really didn't have that opportunity because um, they were down by two scores, and Giants down two scores isn't really as effective. 
Yeah, home run by uh, Jeremy Pena, the Astros, too, to give the Astros a 2-1 to lead in Game 5. But, yeah, I mean, the story of this game is just the Seahawks, man. This is – coming into this year, we're looking at their roster, we're looking at their quarterback, which we all anticipated to be Drew Locke, and we're like, this team sucks. I think, we, you know, everyone's talking about it, so I'm not going to go into great detail. And then what I am going to talk about is Geno Smith. And not like every oh yeah the the resurgence of Geno Smith where did this come from blah 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 everyone's talking about that I'm he's my inspiration right now like anytime I think about giving up on something I'm just I look at Geno Smith and I'm like I can't give up because this guy's been in the league for eight years nine years maybe he's been on four different teams and with the exception of like one or two years on the Jets he's been a career backup and he finally gets his chance here takes advantage of it and now he's. I'd say he's top five in MVP voting right now. Confidently, I would say that. Um, yeah, he's definitely a dark horse at this point, and deservedly so. Like I just mentioned, too, he should have had more touchdown passes. Lockett was just dropping them for some reason, So, which was also really rough for me. Another reason why I just took big note of Lockett dropping those touchdowns is because I started him in fantasy this week. But um, it, it there were some bad drops that he usually doesn't have, and – Gino, he he's just looked he has just shocked everybody. And um this like Luke said, you know, he you know he didn't really give up and he's an inspiration. But it also shows that NFL sometimes it just takes time. Um it now this is a rare case, you know, like eight or nine years. That's that's too much time, obviously. But another case is kind of by looking at Daniel Jones. He's really improved from last year to this year, and sometimes it just takes time. So, um, and Geno Smith has backed up some pretty decent quarterbacks too. And you just you just gain knowledge. And Pete Carroll's, I think this is one of Pete Carroll's best coaching jobs too. Oh yeah, I mean if you really look at Pete Carroll like over the years and some of the decisions he's made, this guy is a damn good coach. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's already a legend. Um, I don't know if you remember, like before the Seahawks even won the Super Bowl, they had uh, what's his face at quarterback? I can't remember, but he's like Matt no, Flynn. Matt Flynn, that's right. They signed Matt Flynn to a huge deal for some weird reason, even though he played one. Game I think it's because of how good he played and, uh, for the Packers. Yeah, he was, plays he was really good on the Packers. Yeah, but he played well, for he, like no, three hundred or four hundred yards, right. I think. Six touchdowns too. Um, so that's, a, I mean, he got a lot of money from that, but so they just signed this guy, but then they draft this guy out of Wisconsin and Pete Carroll's like, yeah, you know, this rookie is going to start. And sure enough, they went on to win a Super Bowl and go the next year to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, I don't think the Seahawks are good enough to win a Super Bowl this year, but Hey, you never know in the NFL and the Seahawks look really well coached on, you know, on defense, their defense is showing out. They have, uh, that the rookie, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now, but he has been amazing this year. Uh, Woolen? Tariq Woolen? What was it? Tariq Woolen. Woolen yes, Tariq Woolen. He's, and then also uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant stuff. hasn't been bad either. Spelt, or yeah, not spelt from the same. Um, sounds the same, not spelt the same. Two really good corners out of Cincinnati. Sauce and Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sauce has been amazing too this year, but I mean, this Seahawks team, they look deep and 
I mean, the Rams are kind of falling apart right now. The Cardinals look like they're kind of falling apart. So you could see like a good old, like five years ago when it was the 49ers and Seahawks battling for the West, you're probably going to get that again this year. Um, 49ers are definitely a more talented team, but the Seahawks are riding the wave. And, you know, we saw it with the Phillies this year in baseball. You know, that's all it takes. You just got to ride the wave and keep going. Um, so, but this was kind of like a, an evaluation game because two teams we really thought were going to be bad going into the year that are good. And then the Seahawks take this one. So the Giants, you're still kind of like, okay, we don't know about the Giants. Um, but the Seahawks, you're like, yeah, this, the Seahawks team is good. They beat the teams we thought would be good and they beat the teams that are good. So it's kind of like a, a 50, 50 and they're five and three and first in the West. So. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm rooting for them to win the West. Um, I wouldn't, I don't mind it if the 49ers win it, but that's crazy that coming into this season, you know, we're like, man, they might get two or three teams into the playoffs out of that division. And it's probably only going to be one now because of how good the uh, NFC beast is looking. And if you also, well, just want yeah. And another thing you have to think about is, if they get two teams in, the NFC Beast is probably going to get two teams in, whether that's the Giants or the Cowboys, along with the Eagles. But and then you also have to think about is Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You know, like you have to think that maybe one of them might sneak in, um, just because you know they're that good um, and they they figure things out. So you always have to keep that in your mind too. Like four teams in from the division, um, and then maybe two or three from the beast. And then you have only have like an extra slot left open after that. So, yeah. um, NFC playoff race is going to be you mentioned, you mentioned with Tom Brady about him sneaking in and I could totally see it, but if he does, they're going to win the division because the mm-hmm. NFC South That's, is not, you're, you've got a good point. In. Yeah. You're right about that. So, yeah. So if he does sneak in, it's going to, he's going to get the four seed or, or even three seed, maybe if they sneak that far. But I mean, Right now, the NFC will maybe do it at the end with the the simulator, but the Eagles are pretty much clinched already. The Vikings are pretty much clinched. Um, and then, you know, you got the Dallas and Giants that, you know, they're both rolling. They're both 6-2. And two. and uh, I think the Even Cowboys the, are 5-2, actually. They're uh, – I think they're 6-2. and two. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. the other night uh, – Yeah, bye week this week. Yeah. Yeah, they do. The other night on one of my chats, I just said, "Mike McCarthy is six and two. Good night." That's just something to realize. Mike McCarthy is six and two. And another thing, you know, the Commanders are four and four. They're playing five hundred football. You know, so like, yeah, you know, this year it's going to be tough to make the playoffs playing five hundred or just above five hundred, but. I mean, that just shows that that's probably the best division in football right now. And who would have thought that, too? They have been the worst division mm-hmm. for years yeah. and years now. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Exactly. But, um, so we Davis Mills touchdown strike. No, how about that? Are the Texans in the lead? No, they, it, pending extra point to tie it. Okay. Nice throw by Big night for Davis Houston, Mills Mafia. Yeah. 
for sure. Very big night for Houston. Yeah, yeah we get the, able to pull the, the Philly-Houston battle going on. Obviously, the Phillies and Astros in the World Series, but then uh, you know you got the the Texans and Eagles on Thursday night football. So it's kind of an interesting thing that definitely was not coordinated beforehand before the season started at all. <laughs> um, it, it's definitely just a coincidence, uh, you would think anyway, and. So, yeah, the Colts and Commanders, it was Sam Ellinger's debut. He didn't play bad, um, but he didn't exactly, like, go out and dominate either. Uh, Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback on the Commanders. I don't know why they started Carson Wentz over him. Carson Wentz was sad and and bad. Um, Taylor Heineke is – he's all right. Um, he's got a high ceiling, low floor, but he's exciting, and that's kind of what the high ceiling, low floor guys bring you. And, you know – with the news that Dan Snyder's looking to sell the team now, you know, he hired someone to, to take an offers and yeah, Jeff that's Bezos. Huge. Jeff yeah. Bezos said something about buying the team. Maybe that would just completely change the culture around there. Nick Adams talked about buying the team too and changing the name mm-hmm. back to the the R words. Um, so that would be that would be fun as well, too. Um yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing to monitor. Imagine. Uh <laughs> he doesn't have enough yeah, money we'll, to do it. There's no No, he doesn't even have close. He said he said he wanted to put a group together to buy it. Um but yeah, this is very I was going to mention this after all the games, but we can just talk about it right here for a quick second. I mean, this is huge. I mean, Dan Snyder, he is widely hated by not only his own fan base but around the league because the fan base of the football team slash commanders has shown the rest of the NFL world how much of a piece of trash that this guy is. And sure enough, you know, most owners are, but this guy is like a special breed of bad people. So um, they really want him gone. Um, one thing to note is that um, they, they they hired Bank of America to, or BOFA as that was circulating, <laughs> circulating, <laughs> circulating around the internet, BOFA. Uh, they're asking BOFA so. with help to sell the team, but they're also not ruling out selling stakes like uh, minority stakes of the team. So like to where there's multiple owners, which isn't as good of a thing, obviously, because that means that Dan Snyder and Tanya could still be on board. So we want a full sell. That's what I want for the betterment of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. For the, and I kind of do hope Jeff buys the team. That would be fun. Yeah, for sure. Except that would I kind of hope would that create a uh, yeah, conflict. Bezos buys the team. What's because the conflict? Amazon owns Thursday Night Football, and so they're kind of associated already. His business, obviously, this would be a personal investment. It wouldn't be anything to do with Amazon, but something to do with Bezos. So maybe I don't know. Probably not a conflict, but something to yeah. Monitor, I I guess but I can't imagine that it would because i'm sure you could find similar conflicts i mean think about the 31 owners and how rich they are and their connections to businesses so i'm sure there's some other conflicts around the league that are quite similar maybe not on the scale of having a full broadcast but i think it would be fine if you bought the team now i'm not a lawyer but i think that would be okay but yeah that's just something to monitor and uh yes Sam Ellinger didn't throw a pick, but didn't throw a touchdown either. Um, and they just didn't score a whole lot of points. That's what I was going to say when you were talking about Tyler, Taylor them. Heineke. Yeah, they did fire their offensive coordinator. 
Um, what I was just going to say is Taylor Heineke, I mean, you said he's better than Carson Wentz, and right now I'd say, yeah, he's playing better than Carson Wentz. But it's not like Taylor Heineke puts up a ton of points either. He just kind of keeps them in the game, so to speak, where Carson Wentz, he doesn't leave. He doesn't really give him a chance to win. Taylor Heineke does give you a chance to win, but it's also like at the same time, your defense has to pretty much hold him under 20. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's not the greatest style of football, but it's it's working right now. They're four and four, and you can't complain about wins in the NFL. Um, yep. Yeah, you just have to keep keep winning. So, then the I another hope game that doesn't come back. Uh, yeah, I I mean, no offense to him, he seems like a good guy, but uh, yeah, he sucks at football. I mean, he's in the NFL, so he doesn't suck that much. But I mean, for an NFL player, he's not that good. Bucks, but also Ravens. offense to him. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Also offense to him. Okay, fair. Bucks Ravens Thursday night football prime time. Tom Brady gets a divorce literally the morning after this game, which yeah. is not relevant to this show at all. So we're not going to talk about it. But just briefly mention. But, <laughs> but yeah. there was it, it a, another uh, uh, rumor circulated out there on the Wednesday evening before the game that Giselle gave him an ultimatum that he either retire or uh, or she's leaving him. And many, many people think That's that stupid. it applied to that game, but I don't think that applied to that game. I think that applied to this season. So I think they've probably I don't even been. I think it's real. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Because they, they've been right. About a lot of things when you think about it, yeah. they knew that just they were hiring divorce lawyers. They knew that you know they were heading for divorce. Um, they knew that um, homes were being listed, you know, and so. But they got a prenup, so they should be fine. Yeah, um, this is. I don't know how this, how long this is going to affect Tom Brady because you can tell that his personal life is clearly affecting his game on the field. He's just been like, you look at him, he's angrier than ever. Like he's always screaming at somebody um, or himself. Like when something doesn't go right and you can just tell he's really mad and really frustrated. And some of that has to do with, you know, how they're playing on the field. But I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what's happening off the field. And, you know, this guy has been a robot in the NFL for so long and this is, I mean, he's human, just like all of us. I mean, as much as we don't want to think he is because of how good he is at the game of football, but he's he's human, and this is clearly affecting him. It's getting in his head, and there's nothing wrong with it either. I mean, that's just natural human instincts, but you just have to wonder how long this is going to to carry on because they're only a game out of the division, so they still have a chance to like turn their season around, unlike the Packers, but... You know, it, it's something's got to click with that team. And I just don't think that there is anything clicking. And, you know, it's going to be tough to pick them this week against the Rams because that's, wow. I mean, what what a game that is. But, man, I, I don't know. I just, I can't trust that team right now. And Tom Brady, maybe officially getting the divorce might make it better because it's like, okay, it's in my past now. There's still some other stuff going on, but there's nothing I can do to change it at this point. I'm just going to go out and ball. And that could be what happens. And then he just, you know, he goes nuclear next week. Who knows? But 
it's clearly affecting him up to this point, and I, I just don't know what to make of it. But in this game, especially, I mean, Lamar is just he's just he's just amazing. And Mark Andrews is a system tight end too. Just want to point that out. They, I'll say this: that tight end room is beautiful. Like it is just so gorgeous. Mark Andrews, I know you just called him a system tight end, but I think you're just saying that off of he, is. he came out in the second quarter and they still threw touchdowns to the tight end. They still ran the ball uh, well. But my opposition to your system tight end thing is in the other games that he's gotten hurt, they have not been able to run the ball. And um, at first, they were not able to run the ball when he went out of the game. It was during the second half that they picked it up. Um but I really like Isaiah Likely, and I think that's mostly just because over the past couple of years, I watched him a lot when he played at Coastal Carolina because he played on the team that was uh, undefeated for a really long time. So like I was watching their games a bunch just to watch the last undefeated team pretty much. Um, he's really good. The other one, Oliver, is also pretty good. And then, of course, Mark Andrews is – Mark Andrews probably – Lamar's favorite target outside of maybe Duvernay. So, um, no, it probably, yeah, his top target. Yeah. I mean, uh, it wasn't like a flashy Thursday night football, but none of them really have been as Jake Elliott misses a 54 yard field goal, long field goal, not really his fault, but, um, yeah, I mean, the offenses weren't really clicking, mostly with the the Buccaneers. They didn't really get anything until the very end. And uh, the score was 27-22, the final, and it, it came down to an onside kick. So it was still a good game, but, I mean, the Ravens kind of cleaned house in that second half. For sure. All right, and briefly, I guess we can move on to another primetime game, just briefly here. Happened on Halloween. Halloween colors, even for both the teams. And uh, at, at one point, with the Bengals B and the two zeros on the scoreboard, it spelled Ooh. out boo. So just a, a little bit of a Halloween twist there. And Miles Garrett, the guy who loves Halloween himself, had a big game. Um, even scared Joe Burrow away one time on a – like he was trying to block him, and Joe Burrow just turned around and ran the other direction, which was funny, but completely – Makes sense. <laughs> Justified. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, the Browns kind of saved their season with this. I think a lot of people, including me, expected the Bengals just to walk right in and stomp on the Browns and, like, kind of put them to yeah. death. But they they came back out. They had a great all, rushing attack. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Mari Cooper had a big game. Brissett played good, and then the defense just went to town, which is something we haven't really seen this year that Browns defense being good. I remember I called them bad a few weeks ago. I still think they're, I still think they just had a lucky game, you know, a good game, but you know, that's big for the Browns because we still have one, two, three more games until four more weeks, three more games until Deshaun until Watson the comes, predator back. comes out of hiding yeah, until the creep. But <laughs> at the same time, he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, it's going to be I mean, two years. So how good if is you remember, be? Luke, if you I remember, mean, we talked about it when it happened, that preseason game, he played like the first couple series and he was like one of five, seven yards with an interception or something like that. So yeah. I know that was a really small sample size, 
And um, another thing is he gets to practice, you know, against a live first team defenses and stuff like that. So uh, we might not get lucky here and he'll probably be fine. But that sample size where he looked terrible, we, we always have that to hold on to as hope that he might suck when they get back. Um, could you imagine if all the money they paid him and he sucks so bad they have to turn it back over to Brissett? I mean, that would be... I wouldn't be surprised just here, especially. That would be just Well, if they're, like, in contention, like, we're hovering around 500 and he just comes out and absolutely sucks, they're going to have to turn it back over to Brissett because he got them to that point into contention. Deshaun, you know, he hasn't played in two years. So who... It's going to suck for him because if he gets benched after he comes back, you imagine how the media is going to take that. I mean, I... I can't imagine right now it's it's going to be bad for him, um, and that you know you don't know what that's going to do to his his mentality. You know that his mentality already has to be hurting a little bit, so it's going to be interesting for the Browns to see what they do these next coming weeks. If they lose all three or go one and two, they're going to be out of it, and it doesn't matter. They're just going to play Deshaun to get him accustomed to the game again and just be ready to go next year. But they rattle off a few wins here and get back into it. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. So that's all I have on that game. Yeah, Bengals. I think. Oh. I mean, they run through Jamar Chase, and they need him back. Yeah, that's about it. I need him back. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that was that's just uh, you know that's a really worrisome game for the Bengals. I'll say that. I mean, they were truly the bungles against the Browns, and um, I know it was a little. One thing you could look to if you're a Bungles fan is you could just say it was Halloween. It was weird. The jerseys. You know, they were weird. It was too spooky. Um, you know, you can look, you can turn to that for just this week because they literally, you know, they just dominated the Falcons and they played pretty good against the Saints not that long ago, you know, so they've been doing fine. But that was just, that was really bad. I'll say that. Um, and you're right. They need Jamar Chase and... Um, they just they need to have a somewhat competent offense. I mean, if they score 14 points in that game, I think it's a different game. Because their defense sometimes, I feel like, also kind of feeds off their offense. So, you know, what I'm trying to say here is, you know, if it's 14, they score 14 points, maybe they don't allow 25 points to the Browns. You know, maybe the defense has a little bit more hope and motivation to go out there and get some more stops. Which, And honestly, their defense didn't play that abysmal. It was just the offense was horrific so um yeah that's all i really got on that one either afc north is kind of a uh, a shit show right now to be honest with you weird. it is weird. very weird um i guess before we we move on to the trade deadline and and the picks for next week we have to talk about the other prime game of the week that happened. no not game of the week not in my eyes anyway bills and packers <laughs> oh man, the Packers are dead, man. This four straight <laughs> losses. I mean, before this year, LaFleur had never lost two games in a row. He's been coaching for this is his fourth year. So he had three years, never lost two consecutive games, and now we've lost four in a row. So just think about that. I mean, this team's falling apart. They have no receivers. The trade deadline was this week, and guess who we got? No one. We didn't get a single person. We didn't get any draft picks. We didn't trade anyone away. We're just staying put, and it scares me. And I know if 
a few years ago, I, I started that we're going to tank for Bryce Young. That might be the best uh, situation for our team right now. We're not going to get a, like a top three pick in the draft, but if we can fall like within the top eight, and this is what I'm rooting for now. We currently are sitting at 13 in the draft order and tied for 10th, I guess, realistically with the Broncos because we have the same record. If we can drop down a little bit more into top eight, we can package that with Jordan Love and move up and get a top three pick and potentially take Bryce Young. And God, Bryce Young and Pack, this this is what it's come to, all right? I'm this down bad. We're three and five. We're going, (laughs) we're literally going to play the Lions this next week and we are dead. We are deader than Dan Campbell's kneecaps. That's how dead we are. Um, The defense is starting to come out and say they don't trust Joe Barry, which is our defensive coordinator. They're like, we don't trust what he's doing. We don't trust his schemes, the plays he's calling. That's a huge red flag. That's a huge issue. The Packers' offense isn't working. Matt LaFleur is partly to blame. Partly it's uh, the front office that they didn't acquire any receivers. Not only that, but they traded away the best one in the league for, I guess, a a decent package, but not. we could have gotten a lot more for him. And it was all on the basis of the fact that we couldn't pay him. At least that's what we thought. But now it comes out that we actually offered him more money than what he got from the Raiders. And he just, he really wanted to go to the Raiders for some reason. I I mean, that seems pretty insane to me, but I mean, whatever, whatever floats his boat, you know, not only going from, you know, a great football city in Green Bay and a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you know, and then going to, to Vegas where it's hot. And you have Derek Carr as your quarterback. So, I mean, what that, that doesn't make sense to me. But Aaron Jones looked really good. He is the heartbeat right now of the team. He's the only one that really showed out, I really thought, in this game. Aaron Rodgers had a nice drive at the end of the game, but it really didn't matter. Lazard was out. Christian Watson is out. Uh, Randall Cobb is out. And so we're – I mean, who who's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to? I mean, literally door drash drivers. That's who we're – that's who we're talking about right now. You know, you make the joke, this guy drives DoorDash, he works at a fast food restaurant. This is literally, I'd rather have one of those guys right now than the receivers we have. So, and this is what, this is what the Packers get for not investing in that position for 10 years. I mean, the, pretty much the entirety of Rogers career, we have not invested in the wide receiver position at all. Not one time. We haven't signed anybody. We haven't traded for anybody. We haven't drafted anybody. You can make the argument Devontae Adams worked. Devontae Adams was a fourth-round pick, all right? We developed him. He turned out nice. We kind of got lucky, I'll be honest. We didn't We didn't put anything in. We didn't put any capital into Devontae Adams. He just kind of turned out and was nice. We haven't invested in this position. Aaron Rodgers, when he came up, he had Jordy Nelson. He had Greg Jennings. Um, he had James Jones. Some really good receivers. Uh, Randall Cobb was there, too, back in his prime. And ever since that, we literally nothing. And this is what we get, you know, a terrible offense. And it's all because we don't have receivers. So, I mean, what can you do? You invest in the defense all you want. Half the picks turn out. Half of them don't. Uh, you make some free agent signings. Uh, Zadarius Smith is actually being paid $11 million by the Packers this year to be leading the league in sacks on the Vikings, who are in first place in the NFC North right now. So another front office masterclass from, from the Packers. Aaron Rodgers just came out and, for weeks, he's been saying, expect something to happen at the trade deadline on the Pat McAfee show anyway. And this week he went on like right at the end and he goes, I was hoping that we would be able to break some news here while I was on the show. And that didn't happen. So I, I'm interested to see how he takes that. Them 
not going out and getting anybody, even though Brandon Cooks, you know, it, he even came out and Brandon Cooks was like, I, he was frustrated that he wasn't traded. That seems like a guy, we could have given up a second round pick. That's all the, the Texans were asking, like a second and a fifth for Brandon Cooks, who's under contract next year too. That would have been a great trade, but no, we refused to do it. So at this point, we might as well just lose every game the rest of the year and prepare for next year. Um, and probably prepare for the future because I don't know how much longer Rodgers has left in him. I know he's a back-to-back MVP, but I mean, come on, he's he's aging. Bryce Young is is there. I want Bryce Young. You know what? I'm pre-ordering my Bryce Young Packers jersey right now. That's how confident I am. It is All the Bills, right. but it's, um, it's a dumpster fire. One thing I will, a couple things. Actually, not just one. One thing I'll say is um, one thing I give credit actually to for the Packers of the past, and it hasn't really been this way as of late, um, much like the Steelers, actually. They they had a solid run of developing wide receivers. And I'm gonna, I know some of these are actually, and you mentioned this on this show, uh, you know, you've been an NFL fan for a while, but not forever. Um, but even just a little bit before your time, I mean, Donald Driver, um, yeah, Sterling, or Donald Driver, one of my favorites growing up, Greg Jennings. Um, and then, of Sterling course, Sharp. you mentioned Randall Cobb. Yeah, Sterling Sharp. Um, and then um, Jordy Nelson is often forgotten. Um, I, said and then, I said Aaron Rodgers said. Devonte Adams. I mean, so I know those. You know, they're kind of spaced out a little bit, but those are some pretty actually impressive wide receivers. But the difference between or the thing with all of those is that they're all drafted and developed. And like you said, none of them were like signed in free agency. No, none of them were traded for. Um, so yeah, I mean, you gotta just hold well, what I as a fan, but I can understand why you've lost hope because they didn't take a wide receiver for a very, very long time. And like you said, you guys got lucky with Devontae Adams, but that's also credit to your organization for being able to develop them. But yeah, you guys didn't draft wide receivers in the first round when you had the chance. Um, so yeah. Um, and I think I already mentioned. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's a, you said, I, I said in the last 10 years, not investing in the position. So all those guys that you listed, they were there 10 years ago. Like that mm-hmm. happened before this 10 year mark that I was talking about. So it was, it's really the last decade, like where we consistently lose in the NFC championship and the NFC playoffs, you know, and that decade yeah. is what I'm talking about. They may have lost, uh, hear me out on this. This just popped into my mind. They may have lost their luster with finding wide receivers to draft. Because they're like, oh, man, we've got the best of the best right now. We have Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. A couple years later, they draft Devontae Adams, who develops into a stud after a couple years. They probably forgot how to draft good wide receivers because they didn't have to do it for such a while. Because uh, they, or because those, they, those guys died. turned out got good. So they're just like, oh, we can focus on other things right now. And then, boom, they forgot how to scout wide receivers. Um or maybe because the guy who scouted all those wide receivers died. He passed away, literally. Um, which, I mean, rest in peace to him. He, but I miss him. He was good. He was a good GM. And now we have a we have a moron. Goop. So, yeah. He's, so, I don't even, what, what has he done good in his career, really? <laughs> Why is he the um, GM? 
Why is he still? I don't know. I, I, I hope we lose every game and then they fire him. That could. I don't think you're gonna lose. See, this is just Jordan it. Love. You know, I. You you guys, Packers fans, the Packers fans that I know have have thrown in the towel, which I don't think is fair to throw in the towel on Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think it. And same with Tom Brady. In fact, I've never been a Tom Brady fan, but I'm I'm actually kind of hoping for one last run around the sun with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, one last good season here in the second half of the NFL season. I think that would be fun and good for the game. Like it's kind of like. Uh, Peyton Manning's last good season, you know, just a good second half from both of them would be nice. But one thing that's crazy to me is Aaron Jones is your best football player. Aaron Jones is your Mm -hmm. best football player. Even over, this is even over guys like Kenny Clark. Uh, Darnell Savage has really regressed. You could say maybe Jair Alexander is also probably your best yeah. football player. I would say well, Aaron Jones and well, he's the best Jair Alexander, your best we'll just... football players. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Jair is your best defensive player, but Aaron Jones is your best offensive player right now over Aaron Rodgers, even over Bakhtiari, even. Um, so Bakhtiari's been bad. It's a weird time. Not bad. So yeah, he's, he's regressed, yeah. which is understandable when you watch the NFL over the years. You know, guys who go through a couple years of injuries, they're going to regress. That's just what happens. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Jones is your best football player. Um, so that's not the best building block. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's definitely not. We really need to have a good draft this year. And uh, like I said, and you said that uh, I'm throwing in the towel. I know in the, the back of my mind that the Packers can come back and they can finish this season 11 and six and sneak in as a six or seven seed in the playoffs and probably go on a run. But I don't want them to do that. That's the thing. Like I, I'm throwing in the towel because that's what I want them to do because I know it's the best thing for the organization. What happens if we get a six seed and then, you know, we have to play what, you know, maybe the, maybe a, a, a regressing, maybe like the, the bucks in the first round. And then we we lose to the Bucks in the first round, and boom, it was all for nothing. You know, now we get a terrible draft pick. Our 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 salary cap is way over. You know, and we are we have a low draft pick. There's just no hope then. It's it's mediocrity, and I don't want to get stuck in mediocrity. I want to suck. You know, I've been obviously the Packers haven't really been mediocre the last few years, but that that is the worst thing for a sports franchise is if you get stuck in mediocrity. And I know the Steelers were were there for a long time and this year they they've regressed to the the suck stage. So how how do you feel getting out of mediocrity into suck? Is it it's got to be less stressful, you think? Oh, it's way less stressful. Um I make up that stress with um North Carolina and Mizzou football. So I I'm don't worry. Don't worry about me. I'm plenty stressed with football. So never have to worry about <laughs> that. But um yeah, the Steelers, you know, they they suck right now. And, um, but you know, I'll say this, Luke, you know, you say it's less stressful, but also in the back of your mind, um, you're worried about the quarterback position and I'm very worried about the quarterback position right now. Um, you know, we drafted Kenny Pickett, you know, uh, he shows some flashes, but he's throwing a lot of interceptions right now. Um, and he doesn't have a good last name for it either. Um, that doesn't go well right now. 
Um, and we just traded away Chase Claypool, one of his targets, a bigger target. Um, you know, the offensive line is really bad. So, like, how is he supposed to get way better, you know? Um, Najee Harris has regressed into Trent Richardson, and it's a really, really tough scene to watch. Um, so much so that I don't even, like, I used to do this thing where I would have red zone on my computer and then the Steelers game on the TV or vice versa. I don't even do that anymore lately. I've done it a couple times, but lately I've just been doing strictly red zone. Um, just because it's hard to watch the Steelers right now. They're, they are that bad. Um, their defense is not nearly as good without TJ Watt. Um, and yeah, it mediocrity to suck. I'll say this. Mediocrity is a little bit more fun than suck. Now, it's a little more stressful, but you definitely have more fun because you still think you can make the playoffs like we did last year. Made the playoffs, and we started the game with the bang with a TJ Watt touchdown. You just never know in the NFL. That's why mediocrity is kind of uh, dangerous for the brain. Um, but the suck phase is not very fun, but it's less stressful. I'll say that. So I can understand maybe why not wanting to be in that middle ground for you. But another yeah, thing, I'll, I'll, it all comes back to quarterback play. And whether you're a college football team or an NFL team, if you don't have good quarterback play, you can't do anything. And so that's what I'm worried about with the Steelers. Um, and so, yeah, that part is just never goes away. And you have a Hall of Famer as your quarterback right now, but you're also in a weird situation mm -hmm. because he's about to retire, and we're talking about Bryce Young. Um, and we're also talking about who Which the hell is Bryce Young. Who's Bryce Young going to throw to? That's that's the big question for the Packers. Who's Bryce Young going to throw to? You know, I mean, that's yeah, – there's nothing there right now. Um, so, yeah, that's – you know, there's not even a whole lot to talk about with the Steelers. They're just – you know, it's Mike Tomlin's like one of his worst season as a coach. And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't happen very often, but here we are. Yeah. Hey, at least you're going to get a good draft pick. And before we, we uh, talk about some of the trades happening at the deadline, I will read off the current draft order. So uh, the number one pick is the lions then it's the Texans, then the Panthers, then the Steelers at four Jaguars, Raiders, uh, the Buccaneers currently have the seventh pick in the draft, the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. Um, then the Eagles with the eighth pick from the Saints, Houston with the ninth from the Browns, Seattle with the tenth from the Broncos, and then Arizona, Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit from the Rams. So uh, interesting, interesting for sure. And if the, uh, yeah. the Packers lose this week to the Lions, which hopefully we do, well, that sounds bad, but we would only be a game out of uh, the number one pick in the draft. So, how about that? And then, I guess we can talk about some of the trades here. We got to... Yeah, one, the, uh, the only other game I want to talk about, one game, just one other game, real quick, okay. is um, the Saints just just blanking the Raiders. I'm sorry that I gave <laughs> the Raiders out on the pick'em. Uh I didn't. I, I was hoping for that to be the upset of the week, and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams 
I, I mean, they may as well not have stepped out on the field. They, I don't think they crossed the 50 until like uh, they put in the backup quarterback. Yeah, so, yeah, it was very, very bad. Um, and they didn't even play Jameis. And Jameis is healthy, but Jameis had this rap before the game that was kind of sick and got the boys going. So uh, Saints are kind of back all of a sudden, Luke. They were gone. They're yeah, kind of well, back. I will say that I agree with you on the Raiders pick. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to win. If I would have seen that Jameis Winston rap, I, there's no way I would no. win the Raiders. I would have no. won the Saints by 100. So, no uh, way. We're yeah. doing that. Yeah, no so, way. Yeah, I think we just didn't. We didn't see that. So, Also, right, one other ready? note. One other note is uh, after last or two weeks ago's picks, we were like, uh, we can't pick against the Giants anymore if they win this game against the Jaguars and they beat the Jaguars. So we were automatically penciled in to pick yeah. the Giants against the Seahawks and they lost. So we don't have to do <laughs> yeah. that anymore. Yeah, true. But they have a bye week this week. All right. So some of the big trades, uh, Calvin Ridley went to the Jaguars for a fourth round pick, I do believe. And that's kind of funny because the reason he's suspended is because he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. So now he's going from the Falcons to the Jaguars. So it's kind of ironic. Uh, Bradley Chubb was traded to the Dolphins for a first round pick, among other things. Uh, Cam, do you know these trades like by heart, like what they were traded for exactly? Like the exact trades? Um, I think Bradley Chubb, they, I think the Broncos got Chase Edmonds out of it. And a first-round yeah. pick. It was one first-round yeah. pick they sent from to the Broncos. The, from the, 40, the 49ers' first-round pick, I do believe, right? Yeah. Mate, I don't, I can't, I don't I know so. whose pick it was, to be honest with you. But okay. And then uh, Roquan Smith was traded from the Bears to the Ravens for a second-round pick. Chase Claypool second. was traded from was traded from the Steelers to the Bears for a second-round pick. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. This was a weird trade that didn't make sense. Was traded from the Lions to the Vikings in division. Detroit gets a second- and third-round pick out of it, and the Vikings get Hawkinson and two-fourths. So to me, this doesn't make sense. Uh, That's only a pretty good value for the Lions. No. Second and a third? This is how I saw it. You're trading one of your young star players at a position that is a premium right now. You know, you don't, there's not a lot of great tight ends out there. And Hawkinson was borderline on that level. And he's still young. And you trade him in division to a division rival. And you get two non first round picks out of it. And you also are trading away two, two picks as well. They're not as high quality, but. I mean, it's two draft picks for two draft picks, and you know you don't get a first out of it. So it's very confusing trade, uh, especially at Lions fans have to be really mad at that. But I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. And then I don't. One other note: Naheem Hines and Zach Moss swapped. Yeah, um, I, the Vikings had to do it because their tight end is dead, Irv Smith, um, Alabama legend, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, the reason why I think, you know, 
Hawkinson, you know, it's not the worst thing to lose him. For some reason, he reminds me so much of like an Austin or is it Austin or Alex Hooper? I can't remember. I think it's Austin Hooper. Austin. Like the former, the former yeah. tight end from the Falcons. He had like a couple good seasons and we thought the same thing that he was like, this guy's borderline great. And then he just kind of fell off. So true. Um, after one, after yeah. one halfway decent season with the Browns, he's not even like on a team right now. I don't think so. Um, and they favored David Njoku over him. So I don't, it could backfire tremendously and you could be 100% right. Hawkinson could like go off, you know, he's capable. He's did it a couple of weeks ago, actually, where he just went off. Um, but I think he's an Iowa tight end. Um, he has a little kittle in him, and I think that's why even people like you are like, this is bad trade, bad trade. Um, he does have a little kittle in him, so I can see why you'd say that, but, I mean, the Lions, they're 40 years into a rebuild. I have no idea what's really <laughs> going going on over there. You know, that's, I mean, I I'm dead you serious. exactly what's going on. They are cursed. It's because they won't pay Calvin Johnson. Until they pay Calvin Johnson, they will never be good. It's as simple as that. I Just pay him. and just, I don't know why it's so hard. It's only a few million dollars. Just pay him so you can get your team out of the depths of the shitter. I mean, yeah, this, I don't even think he goes back to bad. games. He, like, won't go back to Detroit. Yeah. He's, like, he's so bad. And he is the greatest player they've ever had. One, literally one of the greatest receivers, if not the greatest receiver of all time. And you just won't pay him his, his money. And you're being <laughs> petty. You're not, you're, you're being petty to your best player in franchise history. Just think about that. And it, it's led you to a curse. And now you suck of it You because of it. You're never going to be good until you pay him. So just pay him so you can be good again. And the fans will thank you. I bet you the fans will even chip in money to pay him. Honestly, like if every fan in Detroit pitches in 10 bucks, they could probably pay off that contract pretty easily. Maybe. Um, personally, I would say, uh, I'd say you could say Barry Sanders is probably their best player ever, but well, yeah, um, the other one. Calvin's right there. Calvin's right there. And Barry wouldn't go back to uh, Detroit for a little bit either, but now he goes back all the time. In fact, they are building a statue of him now. I don't know if you saw that. He's the first ever Ring of Honor statue at Ford Field, which makes sense when you think about it because they don't have any great players besides like Herman Moore and Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, who will never – Wow. Who – Calvin Johnson will probably never set back a foot in Detroit unless it's for like charity or something. So – and I don't blame them, not because it's don't a deadly city, but yeah, like Luke just him. said, they won't give him his money. So he should have been a Raider. I'll just say that right now. He should have been a Raider for the last couple of years of what? his <laughs> career. He he almost came out of retirement, but the Lions still owned him, and they're like, no. So that actually makes me kind of mad about the Lions a little bit all of a sudden. Yeah. Just like they, they robbed us of two, maybe probably only two more years of Calvin Johnson, but they still took two years of Calvin Johnson away from our eyeballs. So, oh, yeah. I don't really I mean, feel it, as bad for Detroit anymore. No, I mean, I feel bad for their fans because their fans have had to just suffer agony for 
their entire life, really. I mean, they haven't won a, they've won one playoff game since 1957. Do you know how many people I know that were, that were born before 1957? It's very, very few. It's like my grandparents. And then that's, that's it. And they barely were there. So, I mean, it's, it's wild to think about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they sad trade for them. Some other trades, yeah. I guess you want to talk extensively about any of these. Probably the um, I think the Roquan one might be a little bit more significant than we'll lead on to. He just racks up so many tackles. And um, I mean, the, the Ravens always have good linebackers historically. And they just got another great one. And this could secretly help out their secondary. Now, Roquan doesn't, he's not like a hybrid linebacker that will drop back, but he might, you know, stop plays before they get going enough to where it might help the secondary out a little bit. So I think this was just a good move by the Ratbirds. And, you know, sucks for the Steelers, but good move by the Ratbirds. Um, Wrigley is just a funny one. It doesn't even matter at the trade deadline because he doesn't even play till next year. So that was interesting that they yeah. even did that during the middle of the season. Um, the big one, in my opinion, is Bradley Chubb because um, we didn't even talk about the Lions in the Dolphins game, really. But Tua is back. I mean, Tua, Tua Luke, he is freaking he's back all so year. much better than I thought. I mean, he's he's playing like how he played like at Alabama. Like, he's playing that good at that high of a level right now. Um, and he's, he'll still underthrow guys, but he's, like, just really, really uh, accurate on shorter to medium routes. And he th- uh, Tyreek is just open all the time, all of a sudden. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think um, – credit to pardon my take for this stat, but I think Tyreek Hill is on pace to beat – the receiving record, Calvin Johnson's. So um, that's incredible, if you ask me. That's one of those records that um, will probably be broken someday. I thought Cup was going to break it last year, but he had a couple slower games towards the end that kind of prevented him from doing it. But Tyreek Hill could do it, and he's got the quarterback to get him the ball all of a sudden. You know, Tua loves Tyreek yeah. Hill, and I don't blame him. Yeah, who wouldn't? He's fast and he gets open. He does drop a lot of yeah. passes though, but not not really this year. He's looked really good. Not, uh, not as still much has, as this year. Yeah, uh, Tua still has one more year left on his rookie deal too. That's something to think about. Like we think about Tua as kind of like a guy trying to prove it, almost like a Daniel Jones type of person. Mm-hmm. But he is way younger than Daniel Jones. Like this is his third season, so he's got this the rest of this year and next year on a rookie contract, and then they got the fifth-year option, which they would have to pay him as a top-ten quarterback, I do believe. Um, if Something you like that. The fifth-year option. Yeah, it's, he gets paid significant money, but he's still under team it's control for a little bit. That's what on right now, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Right? I think you're – yep. Yeah, he is. Because um, the Ravens just need to pay him. That could end up being like a Calvin Johnson thing where they refuse to pay Lamar. And then, you know. Yeah. But that's 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 neither here nor there. Um yeah, this Bradley Chubb, he's going to add a Half huge rusher. piece to their defense because that is where they're weak at. Their offense is really – it's almost perfect in all cylinders. I mean, maybe you could add a running back, but Mostert's been really good for them. That's why they traded Edmonds. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, their defense needed a little bit of work, and this is a huge piece. They have the draft capital to do it, and I know the stat that's been going around uh, that from the Laramie Tunsil trade, the Dolphins were able to get a what was it, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Yeah, all from those three picks that they got from Laramie Tunsil. So all because yeah. he smoked a little weed in high school. That's it's pretty incredible. That was before his time at Ole Miss. That bong rip yeah. shot of him with the Confederate flag in the background. So, um, yep, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, wild. Thinking about that draft, uh, Laramie Tunsil was slated to go at like number three or number four. Because he was that good um, out of Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that and completely lost him. Yeah, that completely lost him, like, probably like five or ten million dollars. But now he's he's making lots of money with the uh, Texans. So um, it's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, Chubb, you need the big thing about Chubb and an indicator that the Dolphins are all in and why wouldn't you be after the way two is playing right now? Um, in the playoffs, when the going gets rough, when it comes late in the fourth quarter, you need a pass rusher. And Bradley Chubby's not all-world pass rusher, but he's a pretty good pass rusher. So, um, yeah, that's a it's a big move by them. He'll be playing alongside Jalen Phillips, Miami Hurricane mm-hmm. alumni. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, not a bad not a bad pickup, and probably the no, most impactful. The Claypool is just whatever. I, I mean, yeah, that's a that's an investment for next year, I think. Bears. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know if Fields is going to utilize them or not. We'll see. It'd be interesting. Yeah, so it's a trade it's, to keep an eye on for sure. It is because it's not. I mean, let's be real here. Claypool, it's not like he's all world wide receiver either. He had a great rookie year, but I mean, he's. He just runs straight. That's all he really does. He's so. mid compared to the rest of the Steelers receivers, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. It is funny that outside uh, of his rookie year. Uh, yeah, it is funny that in this draft, Chase Claypool came out and announced the Steelers' second round pick, and it was George Pickens. So uh, he yeah, now George replacement. Pickens has his job. Yeah, yeah so that's you're right. Funny to point out. Um, before we get to our picks, let's do say hello, kids, and goodbye. I'm going to do a segment here. All right, sounds good. All right, I got a lot of say hellos, and this could lead into some deep discussion. So, yeah, my yes, first say could. hello, my first say hello, is a great college football weekend. Uh, we had one a few weeks ago, and we, my, do we have another good one right now? Tennessee Georgia is set up for game of the year. I mean, somehow that might beat Tennessee Alabama, um, and then later that night you have Alabama and LSU playing. Um, which could get ugly. I think Alabama might just roll them out of the building. But t- those two games, and we got the Cum Bowl this weekend too. So that's something. To, that that's Big tomorrow. Game. That's Friday night. Yeah, the Cum Bowl, UMass and uh, Connecticut, UConn. So I mean, together it spells cum ass. So I mean, <laughs> you can take that as you want. But they have a rivalry. They play every single year, and uh, it's tomorrow night. So just shout out to that. The reason um, it's it's Cumble is Connecticut, the C, and then U M, like UMass. But yeah. 
Yeah. Um, just for those uh, looking to do research on the Cumble, uh, don't look up the Cumble. Just don't. I've I've tried it <laughs> for for statistics on the Cumble. Just don't look it up in those words. Just don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, when, I think I talk, I think I talked about that like months ago. But um, yeah, just don't do that. But that's always a funny game, always on the Sickos uh, game of the week when that one's on there. Um, yeah, North Carolina plays Virginia in the oldest rivalry of the South game. Mizzou has a big game at Kentucky. Um, no, and, no, first Kentucky, not at Kentucky. Oh, sorry, but yeah, first Kentucky. And I was actually going to go to that game, but I have work, so wasn't able to go. So that sucks. But um, And then... Uh, oh shit! What else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, about Mizzou. One thing about Mizzou before we move on to the rest, because um, we may not have any other time to talk about this. Drink wins an evaluation game down in Columbia, South Carolina. So mm-hmm. and yep. Mizzou's four and four and playing the best football that they have all year. So, so Are, yeah, is that his first evaluation win of the year? I think it is. I believe so because he. He lost because we counted Auburn. we counted Vanderbilt as an automatic State. win. Yeah, he lost Auburn, lost uh, K State, lost Florida, and so yeah, this was the next one. I think we got one more with Arkansas in a few weeks. So, yep. No Kentucky. Oh no, I think did we label Kentucky as an automatic loss? We did, but I honestly think we could. Switch. This is an evaluation. Remember game. Tennessee. We had Tennessee yeah. being an evaluation game, and that is going to be a blowout. So, yeah, um, maybe we just switch that. Maybe Kentucky's an evaluation game because it's at home. So, yeah. yeah, who knows? And Kentucky, they they have our number. Kentucky has had our number over the years. So. They have, but last time we were at home against them, we throttled them. So, um, and there's actually that famous Mizzou picture of that. Kentucky player on the sideline pushed out of bounds, and the whole Mizzou team is standing over him. I don't know if you've seen that picture. It's a legendary. I think I have. I think photo. I know. Um, yeah, I've actually personal experience. Twenty seventeen, I want to say, Drew Locke was still at Mizzou, and Kentucky was ranked. I want to say top ten at number eight, and um, Mizzou didn't get like a first down the entire second half, and uh, there was a phantom pass interference. And then they didn't call pass interference on the Kentucky tight end who pushed off and they scored the game winning touchdown. Final was like 17 to 14. It was disgusting. Mizzou home loss. Yeah, I remember that, that was game. brutal. Um, but that's the p- epitome of Mizzou right there. But yeah, drink wins an evaluation game. The offense was still kind of bad, but whatever. Um, my say hello. Yeah, we did play Shatler, which was nice to see us beat Shatler. Um, say hello. Uh, oh, yeah, a new Twitter landscape with Elon Musk officially becoming the CEO of Twitter. And he's planning to reinstate old accounts and whatnot after he gets his new Twitter board together. And they after they have their first it's meeting, it looks, like, it looks like... Uh, they're going to be reinstating a bunch of accounts. So not yet, but once he has his board assembled, it looks like we'll see some old faces back on on the timeline. So 
say hello to a new Twitter landscape. Yeah, it would be interesting for sure. That's it's going to be it fun. Now he's charging the eight dollars for yep. uh, verification, which is interesting as well, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think he gave a good reason for it. I I forget what it was, but I remember when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. You have any more? Yeah. Or? Oh no, that was my only say hello. Okay, well I have a few more. So, uh, Maction, Maction's back. Uh, it's kind of it's yep it's it's a uh, the it's Mac is the football conference. They they're kind of like Ohio, Michigan, you know that area in Illinois. Get a few teams, um, and they play. It's about this time of year, November. They start playing their games on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And it is some of the most fun football you will ever watch. Like it's not going to be big names or stars or anything, but just the stuff that happens is so wild. That's why it's called Maction. So that is that was back this week. Uh, another thing that's that uh, you say hello to politics. Uh, the midterm elections are next week, and, and political commercials are everywhere. So uh, if you are eighteen and older, encourage everyone to vote. Your vote matters, um, even in Missouri somehow where. Um, it doesn't matter. Eric Schmidt's going to get elected no matter what, but I mean, who knows? So just, just vote, utilize that, that, that right as an American. So politics is say hello to that. And then also say hello to Matt Ryan, uh, player for the Lakers was working DoorDash, uh, not that long ago. I think it was like less than two years ago. He was working DoorDash and now he's for the Lakers. And last night he hit a game tying shot to send it to OT and the Lakers ended up winning. So say hello to Matt Ryan. Yeah, I saw a thing. Um, it was, it was. I think it may have been a ball sack quote, but I'll say it anyway and say it that it was real. Uh, Matt Ryan said, uh, "Yeah, life comes at you fast. One moment you're door dashing, the next moment you're saving LeBron's legacy. So life comes at you fast. So yeah, thank you, Matt Ryan, for saving LeBron's legacy the other night." Yep, definitely, definitely. So say hello to Matt Ryan. Uh, my kiss of goodbye is uh, is Matt Ryan, uh, the uh, the football Matt Ryan uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. He's retired. He's done. Uh, they basically said he's not starting. He's not playing football the rest of the year, and they're going to release him, so they're not going to have to pay his contract, and he's done. So kiss kiss Matt Ryan goodbye. So it's you know. Where one Matt, when one Matt Ryan falls, another one arises. So shout out to to the Matt Ryans of the world. Shout out to the Matts. Pick yeah. each other up. Yeah, I appreciate and, uh, that. Do you have a kiss goodbye? Yeah. Uh, one thing I I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, speaking of action, uh, fun fact: I got my haircut today, and I sat next to a future action player, Mark Hensley. As we were waiting to get our haircuts, he walked in at about the same time. Um, he'll be playing for Northern Illinois next year. Um, start his education and football, continue his football career there. So that'll be that'll give me like even more incentive to watch Maction over the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, getting to watch Mark at Northern Illinois. Um, so yeah, but they that was just interesting. Year, yeah, they're not very good. They had a bunch of fumbles last night that were really funny. Um, but including I don't know if you saw the fumble on Tuesday night. Uh one of the I think it was a Kent State player was running with the ball and a guy just punched it out and it went so high up into the air, the safety who caught 
the fumble. It was like it was like a punt. So it was just really beautiful. <laughs> um, and then there was a guy who got a strip sack and he got up to run with the ball and just got drilled kind of by his own teammate. So that was nice to see. Just yeah, Maction. I'm glad it's back. Um, and then my say or my kiss goodbye. Sorry. Uh, kissing the Buccaneers goodbye. Um, oh. they were, they, oh. I know I said earlier okay. that never count out Tom Brady, but they are a really bad football team right now. And um, yeah, I think Luke already said this, but kissing goodbye Tom Brady's marriage, a very tough scene. But oh, yeah. the Buccaneers, kind of goes they the they might they might be bye bye. They might, they might be bye bye. I mean, um, I, I know I said, like I said, never count out Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but I actually think that the Buccaneers might be cooked right now. They just, <laughs> Luke said this earlier, they have nothing clicking, absolutely nothing. Um, so I hate to do a double take, and if I had to take a pick a true side here i'm gonna say that the buccaneers don't make the playoffs um so i hope so i think i'll stick to that but funnier for the league it would be funnier it would be i'm not gonna say it would be sad because i'm still here okay you just lagged for like 10 seconds you didn't i didn't hear anything you said oh sorry it was probably really good well no you're good not your fault (laughs) i think all i said um was uh it it will be sad way to watch Tom Brady go out, which is crazy to think about because like he's had everything he's had it all so, um, but yeah, the Buccaneers might be bye bye, but they could sneak in. But I don't think they will. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. And then my, do you have any more kiss of goodbyes or is that it? Uh, one I didn't write this one down, but. Uh, I shaved my mustache, so. Oh, okay. I gave up on it after like was it was it, it was good? It was like three weeks or three and a half weeks, and I don't know. I just, I I just didn't really like it that much anymore. So, I might try it again some other time, but I don't know. I I didn't like it that much. So, back to clean shaven. Yeah, I know how you feel. I know how you feel with that. And then my final set or uh, excuse me, kiss a goodbye is Kyrie Irving. So uh, right before we started recording the show, it was announced that he was suspended at least five games by the Brooklyn Nets, not by the NBA for his comments. Um, not comments, but what was it that he like retweeted an article that was basically like calling out Jewish people. I think it was, he, he, like posted um he said he he wasn't endorsing but i don't know if you saw his his interview it was so bad yeah he's pretty much just saying no i wasn't endorsing the video that had anti-semitism in it the movie that had anti-semitism in it i was just posting it on my page where other people can see it from looking at my page so um but he wasn't endorsing it luke he wasn't endorsing it um, I know. he was just posting it on his page for, for other people to see. No, he's not sorry for it. And let's talk about basketball and not you're a basketball reporter. Ask basketball questions. Let's not talk about 
me maybe hating Jews. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So kiss that goodbye. And uh, yeah, for sure. It's been a tough scene for that, that front recently. Um, And I guess before you want to do our picks really briefly, I get, we're running out of time here, but we can we can do a quick run through of the, of the games for next week. I do believe it's my week to pick, so I'll just kind of run through yep. and ten and five last thing. week. Not this bad. game. Yeah, I think we we only have thirteen games this week, if I recall. One, two, three, four. Um, yeah, thirteen games because no six teams are on a bye. So this wow. game, Eagles Texans, obviously the Eagles. I think it's close at the moment, but. It is twenty one seventeen entering the four. Texans are one and five. Eagles are undefeated, so that's an obvious pick. Um, Colts Patriots. Uh, the Colts are dead, so I'll go with the Patriots. Are Blank's they dead there. completely? Uh, well, here's the thing. Do you want me to go into detail about Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks? Much less them making their second career start. No, you first don't start have on the road. You don't have to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Patriots win that. Packers at the Lions. Oh, God, I don't want to do this, but I'll have to pick the Packers just because the Lions are so <laughs> bad. The Lions are bad, so it's Packers. Um, Bills was, and Jets. That was kind of another weird surprise. I thought the Lions might be mediocre this year, and they're just bad. Yeah, true. I did too. Bills and Jets. This is this is the Bills. Uh, the Jets are coming off a heartbreaking loss, and the Bills are just good. So, Vikings, Commanders. I'm going to pick the Commanders. Whoa! I think this might be the week. Yeah, upset of the week. Kirk here. Cousins return, want, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's the true. Kirk Cousins, Cousins return. return. And it's 1 p.m. Oh, I don't care. It's the, the Vikings are due for a loss. They're due for a loss, and the Commanders are kind of hot right now. And they got some, they got a little bit of adrenaline going right now with Dan Snyder announcing he's going to sell the team. So I, that's why I picked the Commanders. Veto if you want, but that's my pick. Keep in mind, you have two of them, and there's only I'll, 13 games. So if you want to use them, don't be afraid. I'll circle back. I'll circle back. Maybe. All right. Uh, Chargers at the Falcons. This is an interesting one. This is a very tough game to pick. But since very. it's at Atlanta, you know what? The Chargers are coming off a of bye week. I'm going Chargers. This is this is one of those games where it's just like the Falcons. You know, when you talk about, oh, they Falcons did. You know, they blew a huge lead. Or, oh, they Chargered it. You know, they just had a wild game and they just somehow, some way made a stupid play at the end of the game and they choked it. These are two of like the weirdest franchises. Like, yeah, they, they have some bad luck. So this game could get really crazy. And in a really crazy game, I trust the Chargers slightly more than the Falcons. So even though the Falcons had won their crazy game last week, but I that one actually might be more vetoable for me. It's current line. Go ahead, and Chargers. Not... Chargers minus three. Chargers four and three. 
Oh, man. Keep in mind, this is a first place team. Veto if you want. I will not. I will not uh, re-veto that if you decide to go with the Falcons. Does look like Eckler's going to play. I just the Chargers are so confusing. I think this game, this game will give us a lot of info about the Chargers. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. We're going to know a lot more about this Chargers team after this game. I think I'd rather veto your Vikings pick. I'm kind of skull. I'm kind of skulling right now. All right. So which you vetoing both or you circling back? I think I'm going to just veto your Vikings one right now. Okay. So Vikings it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna review to that, but I, I. I do think the Commanders could upset. Um, next one: Panthers at Bengals. This is Cincinnati. Um, Philip Walker, PJ Walker's. He's he's look good, but this is Bengals for sure. Um, Raiders and Jaguars. Ooh, ooh, minus one and a half. Wow. Las okay. Vegas. Oh, really? Two and five and two. Well, in that case, six. I'm going. I'm going Jacksonville. They're at home. That's that's the only thing. Yeah, the only thing that yeah. maybe the that's Raiders it. have the, the only thing the Raiders might have going for them, but it can very easily mean the opposite is that they're coming off like their worst offensive performance like ever lately. So and they yeah, might be able to turn it around. But yeah, Here, I think here's it's the Jag- reason I picked too. the Jaguars is because. Last week, it was like two very even teams with the Raiders and the Saints. And I picked the Raiders to win, but the Saints were at home. And so I'm just going to use reverse logic this week and pick the Jaguars because they're at home. Um, Dolphins at Bears. This is Dolphins. The Bears have looked better on offense, but this is this is Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, Cardinals. Mm. Cardinals are at home. Minus two. I don't want to pick the Seahawks because I feel like I don't want to jinx the Seahawks. I'm rooting for them hard. Minus two who? Minus two Cardinals. Oh, in that case, I'm going Seahawks. Let's see here. And I I want the Seahawks to, to win. Cardinals are kind of bad. Bad. I mean, their yeah. wins, Luke, their wins, their wins, Luke, are against the Raiders, the Panthers, and they have one more. Oh, the Bengals, but that was a weird game. Oh, I know yeah, that was, that a was preseason. Game. What the hell am I talking about? That's preseason. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, when did they know. play the Bengals? Who is their third All win? Right. The Saints on Thursday Night Football. You're right. Yep. Where they pick six to Andy Dalton twice. Yeah. <laughs> in four plays. Four passes. Sorry. And yeah, and one of their wins, the Raiders, was in overtime. So they've they've looked yeah. really bad this year. So for that reason, go, I'll go I'll go with the Seahawks. Let's go Hawks, baby. Yeah. Let's go Hawks. Um Rams, Buccaneers. 
This is a loser leaves town game. This is this is the game of the week on Fox, I would imagine. Loser leaves town, Rams, Buccaneers. I will go I will go with Buccaneers because they one, they're at home, and two, I think they're a little bit better than the Rams. The Rams offensive line looks really bad. Cooper Cup got hurt at the end of the game. I don't know how serious that is. And then their defense has looked really bad too. So I'll go with the Buccaneers. Jalen Hurts is a stud, man. I'll 29-17 right now. They just ran a two-point conversion in with the QB sneak. So that was pretty hot. Um, yeah, uh, that game is actually on CBS for you, Luke. Your game of the week. The loser leaves town game. Um, yeah, that's for sure. So, and then we got Sunday night football, Titans, Chiefs. Ah, uh, this is Chiefs. Chiefs are better. They're at home. Sunday night football, Patrick Mahomes, prime time, Chiefs. Mo- Guess this line, Luke. On the Chiefs? Yeah. Eight and a half. That, no. Is it actually? No. Oh. What's the line? G- give it just a couple more guesses. Am I uh, nine and a half? No. Wrong way? No, you're going the right way. Wow. Uh, 11? I know. No, 13. 13. 12 and a half is the line. Jesus. That is crazy. They're wow. both That's five and two. And the yeah. Titans have won five in a row. Titans had Malik Willis, though. He's a young quarterback. And the that's the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, I don't agree. I like I don't I sorry, that was wrong thing. But um uh I think the Chiefs are gonna win, but that's just like a crazy line to see. Twelve and a half when both teams are five and two. Um so yeah. And then Raven Saints. Raven Saints. This is uh, this is Ravens. The Rat Birds. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's our picks. What did we de- so? Uh, what did we decide on the Falcons and uh, Chargers? Are you going to veto that Chargers uh, I, pick? I do, but I also feel like it could backfire. Okay. Well, if, if like you really it- feel that way, then just. I say we just leave it. But, like I said, this is a okay. big knowledge game for the Chargers. We're going to gain a lot of knowledge. Uh-huh. All right. And that is, uh, unless you want to do a quick simulator here at the end, uh, we talk briefly about the World Series. We'll talk more about it next episode when it's actually over. But right now, Phillies Astros tied 2-2. They're playing game five, like literally as we speak right now, and they're down. The Phillies are down 2-1 to one, um, in this game. Justin Verlander's out of the game. But we'll know more about that. I think if the Phillies lose this game, the series is over. Because Houston will win. But interesting stat. No team has won a World Series at home since the 2013 Red Sox did it. So... This game is guaranteed to be ended in Houston, so, uh, you know, take that as you will. And 
Cam, you want to get the the playoffs ready? Playoffs That's a fun stat, ready. Luke. Thank you. I appreciate that stat. That's my stat too. I, I didn't get that from anywhere. I, I found that out myself. So credit me. Wow. Nice for that. Okay. Um, okay. NFL standings. Yep. Okay. You want to start off, uh, AFC again? Oh my gosh. Why is it like this? I just need the top seven. Yeah, is it like giving you the divisions and stuff? Yeah. I can't remember how I did it last time. Just go on your CBS Sports app or something on your phone. Oh, wait. I think I may have found it because it, it's purple, which means okay. I clicked on it before. Okay, yeah, I found it. Oh, wait. Here we go. Conference. There we go. We're good. All right. Do you need me to start me rattling them off? The yep. The two, two and seven. seven two, who is also 12 and a half point underdogs. Number two Jeez, right man. now is the Titans. Versus. Wow. Well, the Titans are the two. Yeah, I know. And they're okay. 12 point underdogs. 12 and a half. So one, we'll two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Chargers. Are your seventh seed Titans Chargers? Um, in this game, what the hell just happened? Oh, I think it might have just crashed. Damn it! (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) No one's even listening at this point in the show, anyway. So, uh, Titans win twenty-one to three. Not even close. So I don't you remember last time when we did this and the Chargers went on like a little bit of a mini run and beat the Bills and stuff? Not this time. Yeah. Titans it is. All right, give me the three and six. Chiefs, it's gotta be, right? Chiefs Dolphins. Ooh, that's a fun matchup. Yeah. I would actually be I that would be a really nice that's a nice uh wild super wild card weekend. It's January. Drinking some Dr. Pepper. You're just watching that game. No school the next day. That's a good game. Yeah. And who do you think wins? None other than the reigning Show Me Show Simulator champions, Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs. twenty-four to sixteen. Um, four and five. Four and five. Uh, Ratbirds and Jets. Ooh, that's kind of a uh, they were that's like got 2010 vibes on it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but come on, this is taking forever to load every game. I swear. I just want to know who wins, man. Ratbirds win 34 to 14. All right, so what does that, that leave us? All four. That's pretty likely. The four division winners won. Yeah. All of the uh, all of the home teams won. So that brings us to Bills Ravens, right? Oh, are they four, the one yeah and yep. one and four? Okay, and then on the other side, it's going to give us Chiefs and Titans. 
So a little bit of a a rematch of the twelve and a half point. Yeah. So the Titans are the home team, though, and, right? They're the two. Yeah, seed. theoretically. So the in the Bills Ravens Bills win thirty-one to twenty-six. So a very close game, but once again, the home team continues to win. It's gonna be interesting for this uh, the Titans Chiefs game to see who wins this one. The Chiefs blow out the Titans forty-one to twenty-one. That is exactly why they're twelve-point favorites. So. In the AFC Championship, you have obviously a very likely matchup. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. This is the game that everyone wants to watch. And, wow, we have an upset. Not really an upset, but Bills win 31-17. to hmm. So Bills are in the Super Bowl. How about that? All right, let's do the NFC, see who's going to be facing off against the Bills in the Super Bowl. Give me the two and the seven. Um, Vikings, three, four. What? That can't be right. Hold on. Stop. I hate how you can't scroll effectively on a Chromebook. Okay, this... You're on a Chromebook? This is controversial. Um, this is messed up. I'm looking at it right now because it has the Eagles at one, Minnesota at two, Dallas at three, and Giants at four. So it should be Seahawks at four. Okay, so it's just going by records. Yeah. So your two seed is Vikings. Actually, three, four, five, six, seven. First is uh, 49ers. Vikings, 49ers. Vikings, 49ers. So the the 49ers are going to Minnesota in this one. It's a weird one for sure. All right, go ahead and get me the three and six while we're waiting for this one to load. Dallas and the Dallas Atlanta. Is not the three. Philadelphia is the one. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is Dallas all messed up. They just, you know what? I kind of, I kind of give props to this. ESPN standings. It just has the NFC beast at the top here. So I, <laughs> I respect that. But uh, Philadelphia's okay. one, Minnesota's two. Skip a few. Minnesota. Seattle's Minnesota the three seed. The, uh... Seattle's your three seed. Okay. How about that? Minnesota beats the, the 49ers 21 to 20. So there's that for you. And then you said the Seahawks and who? Who's the six? Would it be the Giants? I yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not really sure, Luke. I'm not gonna lie. The three teams in the top four from the NFC Beast is throwing me off. Okay, I'm looking it up on my app right now. It is the Giants. Okay. The Giants are the six seed. They're six and two because the Cowboys had the tiebreaker. And whoa! The Giants upset the Seahawks, 24 to 13. Almost just a flipped score from this past week. Yeah, pretty much. Almost exactly. And so then at uh, four seed, it's the, the Atlanta Falcons facing the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it should be. It should be. This could get ugly. 
This could get really, really ugly. The Cowboys might win in a blowout in this one. So, so far, that was the first upset. All the other home teams have won every time. Wow. Holy. <laughs> Seven to six, Falcons win. I think that'd be Scorigami. That's realistic. Or seven to actually, six? Think, really? No, never mind. I think it's eight to seven. Sorry. Eight to six False alarm. Okay. Eight to seven is okay. a score, Gami. I don't know about eight, eight to, to six. Seven. Okay. So seven, that's a very real, that's like the only way the Falcons would be able to beat the Cowboys in a seven to six win. <laughs> they are a weird so, team. I guess that, yeah, yeah, they are. Seven to six. I, just kind of weird to look at, like for a playoff game. You think of like in the twenties or thirties, and then you just see it's seven to six, two single, single score. So I guess that leaves the one seed, the Eagles, facing off against the Giants. The if they're the yeah, Forty ers lost to the Vikings, right? Yeah. Okay, so Eagles win this thirty-four to twenty. Okay, win it pretty handily, obviously. So then we got the Vikings facing off against the, the Falcons. Yeah. That's a weird one to look at. Vikings, Falcons? Were we in like 2016? Yeah. Pretty <laughs> Who's much. Who's going to be taking on the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl? Who is it? Come on, website. This website's been really, really slow today for some reason. <laughs> Vikings, Falcons. Falcons. 44 Fighting to 21. 44 wow. to 21. So the Falcons go from scoring seven points to 44. Um, Fighting and they're going to be taking Smith. on the Eagles. Wow. How about that? Falcons? Can you imagine that Falcons in the NFC Championship against the Eagles? Would, I don't That's awful. Bird Bowl. A nice little Bird Bowl. Bird Bowl. Yeah, to go to the Super Bowl. And oh my god, the Falcons 26 to 21. The Falcons are going to the Super They're hot. Oh my god. No. <laughs> oh, and now somebody has to win the Super Bowl for the first time. Oh, true. That's a good point. Wow, 26 to 21. They eke it out over the Eagles. And now they're just gonna get lathered up and bent over by the bills i would i don't know you would think that that's what the they do to the falcons who's gonna win the the second edition of the show me show super bowl goes to the falcons 26 to 27 no way this is unbelievable the falcons win cam i'm sending you a picture of this just in case you don't believe me this is real look at that the Falcons twenty-seven to twenty-six. They eke it out. Unbelievable. That says twenty-one. Now, as I did, in, that's over the Eagles. I think the twenty-six twenty-one. Oh, where's the? So oh, I, as okay. I, as I, I said, okay. Yeah. So uh, last last week when we did this, I gave off the advanced stats. So this website simulated. The Bills and Falcons 395 times, and the Bills won 85% of the time. <laughs> um, 339 out of the 395. And they won by more than 20 points 40% of the time. 
But guess what? It doesn't matter because the Falcons win this game. <laughs> Good for the ATL. How about that, man? I think that would break the curse. The 28-3 to curse. I think that would break it if the Falcons were able to do this. In honor of Matt Ryan. Um, that's a good way for Matt Ryan to retire. They should sign Matt Ryan. Another another like, interesting stat about Matt Ryan is uh, I saw that his his tenure with the Colts lasted 28 weeks in three days. Like yeah, from the moment he was traded to the moment he was benched. So uh, he just can't get away from that number. He's just, that's he's messed just up by forever. the Colts. That's yeah. messed up. They could have waited one more day, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's messed up wild i actually don't know if that's true i i just saw multiple people confirm <laughs> yeah i that, just saw so. a bunch of people say that so we'll take it as we'll take it as real wow so the falcons beat the cowboys they beat the vikings the eagles and the bills to a super bowl this this simulation so that's a very real thing this simulation is based off math <laughs> and it's based off calculations and analytics so the fact that it has the Falcons winning is a very real possibility. So just watch out. Marcus Mariota, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Very real possibility. What and is with that, that that's going to wrap up. Uh, what even happens if Marcus Mariota wins the Super Bowl? Do they have to sign him? <laughs> I have no idea, Cam. I don't think <laughs> we have to worry about it. But No, you're right. We will put that out this week. So Chiefs beat the Eagles in the first edition, and this one the Falcons beat the Bills. So anything can happen in the NFL. And with that, that's going to wrap up episode 36, a long one at that one, uh, but a very action-packed episode at that. So I guess we'll we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a, great, have a great football weekend. Exactly. See you then.